0: This episode of the Orthobullets Audio Review Podcast will go over the topic of MCL injuries from the sports section on orthobullets.com. Medial collateral ligament or MCL injuries result from excessive valgus stress on the knee. It is often an isolated injury and can be managed non operatively in the majority of patients. MCL injuries are the most common ligamentous injuries of the knee, making up approximately 40% of knee ligament injuries. The incidence is likely higher than reported as low-grade injuries can easily be missed. MCL injuries tend to be sustained by males more often than females, and they commonly occur in athletes, accounting for 8% of all athletic knee injuries. They have the highest risk in skiing, rugby, football, soccer, and ice hockey. Valgus stress is the most common mechanism of injury, usually with the knee held in slight flexion and external rotation. Contact injuries, that is, a direct blow to the lateral knee with valgus force, are more common than non-contact injuries. Contact injuries more often result in high-grade slash complete ligament disruption than non-contact injuries. Rupture usually occurs at the femoral insertion of the MCL, and proximal MCL tears have greater healing rates, while distal MCL tears have inferior healing and residual valgus laxity. Non-contact injury is less common than contact injury, but non-contact injuries are more common in skiing. Non-contact MCL injuries are generally caused by pivoting or cutting activities with valgus and external rotation force, and they more often result in low-grade-slash-incomplete ligament injury. Associated conditions with MCL injuries include anterior cruciate ligament or ACL tears, meniscus tears, and Pellegrini-Styida syndrome. ACL tears are the most common associated injury and make up approximately 95% of injuries associated with non-isolated MCL injury. Combined ACL-MCL injury is the most common multiligamentous knee injury. Presence of a humarthrosis is highly suggestive of an ACL tear, and ACL tears tend to be associated with high-grade MCL injuries. Grade three being most commonly associated, then grade two, and least common is grade 1 in association with ACL tears. Meniscus tears associated with MCL injuries are more commonly medial than lateral, and up to 5% of isolated MCL injuries are associated with meniscus tears. pellegrini stieda syndrome is a calcification at the medial femoral insertion site that results from chronic MCL deficiency. To understand the anatomy of the MCL, it's helpful to know the layers of the medial structures of the knee. Layer 1 consists of the sartorius and the patellar retinaculum. The gracilis semitendinosus and saphenous nerve run between layers 1 and 2. Layer 2 contains the semimembranosus, superficial MCL, the MPFL, and the posterior oblique ligament. Layer 3 consists of the deep MCL, the capsule, and the coronary ligament. So again, the superficial MCL is located in layer 2 of the medial knee with the posterior medial corner ligaments and the medial patellofemoral ligament, or MPFL. The femoral attachment of the MCL is the medial epicondyle, which is 1 cm anterior and distal to the adductor tubercle. The tibial attachment is the proximal tibia periosteum, which is 4.5 cm distal to the joint line and it is deep and posterior to the pes anserinus. The deep MCL is located in layer 3 of the medial knee with the joint capsule and it is composed of the meniscofemoral and meniscotibial ligaments. The vascular supply of the MCL is the superior medial and inferior medial geniculate arteries. The function of the superior MCL is to be the primary stabilizer to valgus stress at all angles of knee flexion and its greatest stability contribution is at 25 degrees of knee flexion, making up 78% of the stability at this angle. The superficial MCL is also a secondary stabilizer to tibial external rotation and anterior-slash-posterior tibial translation. The function of the deep MCL is as a secondary stabilizer to valgus stress, and its greatest stability contribution is at full knee extension. Other stabilizers of the medial knee include the static stabilizers and the dynamic stabilizers. Static stabilizers include the posterior capsule, oblique popliteal ligament, and the posterior oblique ligament, which resists tibial internal rotation at full knee extension and is a secondary restraint to valgus stress. The dynamic stabilizers include the semimembranosus complex, which consists of five attachments, the vastus medialis, medial retinaculum, and the pes anserinus muscle group, which includes the sartorius, semitendinosus, and gracilis. Classification of MCL injuries include the American Medical Association or AMA classification and the Houston modification of the AMA classification. The American Medical Association classification is based on joint laxity alone, so it is basically based on valgus stress applied with the knee in 30 degrees of flexion and graded by the amount of medial joint line opening, with less than 3 mm considered physiologic laxity. This was described in 1966 and caused confusion as well as difficulty comparing treatment results. Grade 1 injuries in the AMA classification are 3-5 to mm of medial joint line opening. Grade 2 injuries are 6 to 10 millimeters of medial joint line opening. And grade 3 injuries are greater than 10 millimeters of medial joint line opening. The Houston modification of the AMA classification is based on joint laxity and injury severity. The severity is graded by extent of tenderness and quality of the endpoint with valgus stress at 30 degrees of knee flexion, often referred to as degree of injury. This classification system was revised in 1994. Grade 1 in the Houston modification of the AMA classification is considered a first degree injury and is characterized by mild injury with localized tenderness, a firm endpoint, no joint laxity, and is basically a stretch injury or a few MCL fibers torn with no significant loss of ligamentous integrity. Grade 2 is a second degree injury and is characterized by moderate injury with more generalized tenderness, a firm endpoint, plus or minus mild increase in joint laxity, and is basically an incomplete slash partial MCL tear with some of the MCL fibers remaining intact, generating the firm endpoint. Grade 3 is a third degree injury and is characterized by severe injury with generalized tenderness, no endpoint of valgus stress, increased joint laxity, and is basically a complete MCL tear. Third degree injuries are further subdivided by joint laxity described by the original AMA system. Grade one injuries are three to five millimeters of medial joint line opening. Grade two injuries are six to 10 millimeters of medial joint line opening. And grade three injuries are greater than 10 millimeters of medial joint line opening. Patients with MCL injuries often present reporting a pop at the time of injury. Symptoms may include medial joint line pain and difficulty ambulating due to pain or instability. Physical exam may reveal tenderness along the medial aspect of the knee, ecchymosis and an effusion. With respect to range of motion and stability, valgus stress testing at 30 degrees of knee flexion isolates the superficial MCL. Medial gapping as compared to the opposite knee indicates grade of injury. 1 to 4 mm equals a grade 1 injury, 5 to 9 mm equals grade 2 injury, and greater than or equal to 10 mm equals a grade 3 injury. Medial laxity with valgus stressing at zero degrees of knee extension indicates posteromedial capsule or cruciate ligament injury. Along with examining the MCL, it's also important to evaluate for additional injuries like the ACL, PCL, patellar dislocation, and a medial meniscal tear. Recommended radiographs include an AP and lateral of the knee. Optional views include a stress radiograph in a skeletally immature patient as this may indicate gapping through a ficeal fracture. Findings on plain films are usually normal. Calcification at the medial femoral insertion site indicates chronic MCL deficiency, otherwise known as Pellegrini-Styida syndrome. MRI is usually the modality of choice for MCL injuries, as it identifies the location and the extent of the injury, and it is useful for evaluating other injuries as well. Non-operative treatment for grade 1 MCL injuries typically includes NSAIDs, rest, and therapy. Therapy typically includes quad sets, straight leg raises, and hip adduction above the knee to begin immediately. Cycling and progressive resistance exercises are usually done as tolerated as well. Grade 1 MCL injuries may return to play at 5-7 to seven days. Bracing, NSAIDs, rest, and therapy is generally the non-operative treatment protocol for grade 2 injuries and grade 3 injuries that are stable to valgus stress in full extension and that don't have an associated cruciate injury. A knee immobilizer can be prescribed for comfort and a hinged knee brace is usually prescribed for ambulation in higher grade injuries. Grade 2 MCL injuries return to play at 2-4 to four weeks and grade 3 MCL injuries return to play at 4-8 to eight weeks. And as far as outcomes, distal MCL injuries have less healing potential than proximal injuries as we mentioned. Operative options include ligament repair versus reconstruction. Relative indications for an acute repair in grade 3 injuries include in the setting of a multiligamentous knee injury, displaced distal avulsions with a stener type lesion, and entrapment of the torn end in the medial compartment. Relative indications for a subacute repair in grade 3 injuries include continued instability despite non-operative treatment that is greater than 10 millimeters of medial-sided opening in full extension. Relative indications for reconstruction is a chronic injury with loss of adequate tissue for repair. Diagnostic arthroscopy is recommended for all surgical candidates to rule out associated injuries. Grade 3 MCL injuries indicates a complete rupture of the MCL with greater than 10 millimeters of opening on valgus stress, as we mentioned. Careful evaluation is needed to evaluate for concomitant injuries such as medial meniscus and ACL tears. However, the presence of an ACL tear does not preclude non-operative treatment. Timing of ACL reconstruction with a concomitant MCL sprain should be delayed proportional to the extent of MCL damage. So grade one injuries should be delayed three to four weeks. Grade two injuries should be delayed four to six weeks, and grade three injuries should be delayed six to eight weeks, according to Shelborne et al. Many surgeons recommend nonoperative management of acute grade three MCL injuries occurring at the femoral origin or mid substance, and primary repair of injuries at the tibial origin. Perhaps because of better vascularity, proximal tears tend to heal better than distal ones. In contrast, distal ruptures may heal with excessive valgus instability and occasionally result in a stenotype lesion with a torn MCL flipped over the insertion of the pes anserinus where it is unable to heal normally. With respect to prevention of MCL injuries, it is felt that prophylactic functional bracing may decrease the incidence and severity of medial collateral ligament injuries in football players, particularly interior linemen. However, the data is not strong and some studies have failed to show any benefit. The literature does not show a clear risk reduction for ACL tears. There is no documented decrease in ankle injuries and in fact there is some concern that as knee motion is restrained with bracing, the adjacent ankle joint may be subject to increased stress and possibly increased risk of injury. Albright et al. in a non-randomized study of college football players noted a consistent but not statistically significant tendency for the players wearing preventative knee braces to experience a lower injury rate than for their unbraced counterparts. Najibi and Albright noted that preventative knee braces appear to offer some protection to the MCL from a contact injury involving a valgus blow. They cite the West Point Randomized Control Study, which showed that unbraced athletes had a statistically higher injury rate that is 3.4 per 1,000 exposures than their brace counterparts, 1.5 per 1,000 exposures, with the most significance for MCL sprains in defensive players. Pietro Simone et al. performed a systematic review and found the results to be inconsistent. They concluded that the data cannot be used to advocate or discourage the use of prophylactic knee braces. With respect to the specific operative techniques for MCL injuries, both MCL repairs and reconstructions are approached via the medial approach to the knee. To briefly describe this approach, first the adductor tubercle is palpated along the medial aspect of the knee. Then a long curved incision is made two centimeters proximal to the adductor tubercle. The incision should start midline and end six centimeters below the joint line with a slight anterior curve. Superficial dissection involves raising skin flaps to expose the fascia. The infrapatellar branch of the saphenous nerve is usually sacrificed as the nerve crosses the field transversely. The saphenous nerve itself, which is located between the sartorius and gracilis, is obviously spared. Deep dissection can either be exposed anterior or posterior to the superficial medial collateral ligament. Ligament avulsions should be reattached with suture anchors in 30 degrees of flexion. In cases of interstitial disruption of the MCL, an anterior advancement of the MCL to the femoral and tibial origins should be carried out. MCL reconstructions are done for chronic instability and in cases of insufficient tissue for repair. As far as graft type for the reconstruction, you can use semitendinosus autograft, tibialis anterior, or Achilles tendon allograft. Complications of surgical techniques to treat MCL injuries include loss of motion, neurological injury to the saphenous nerve and laxity which is associated with distal MCL injuries. That's all for this review of MCL injuries. This is the OrthoBullets audio review, a daily podcast by OrthoBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for orthopedic surgery education. If you're enjoying the podcast so far, please consider leaving us a five-star review on iTunes. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks so much.